0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: I wanted to bring up this bit about the Seattle public school teachers going on strike. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, that sounds like just sort of regular. Why is that a headline? Well, I haven't read the entire thing. I've only told you half of the headline.
0: Will I, will I spoil it if I, if I kind of know this one?
1: Perhaps, so don't spoil it just yet. I I want to lead into it, but normally teachers go on strike for what reason? Money. Money. They want more money, right? Oh, we're not getting paid enough to deal with your little brats and, you know, whatever, right? Your offspring. Not these Seattle teachers. The Seattle teachers, apparently a six-figure salary isn't enough for Seattle teachers. Now, I lived in Seattle, so, like, I kind of...
2: Yeah, I can kind of get it There's a little a, bit.
1: I, I understand where they're coming from because, like, when I left Seattle three-ish years ago, uh, there was a, a some economist in one of the newspapers, the local papers in Seattle, uh, did their own research and said that uh, in order for you to live comfortably in Seattle, you need to make... You, you know, if you're a, a two income family or a one income family that in order to f- afford like either rent or a mortgage and all your bills and a car payment and insurance and, you know, all the crap that's sort of required to live uh, relatively comfortably that you need to make at least one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Now, and Seattle is like I don't know, maybe the they're probably in the top five most expensive cities in the U.S. I think uh, L.A., San Francisco, New York, and then Seattle. I think is the order. At least when I lived there three years ago, it might have changed. We, we
0: were discussing it a little bit at dinner because you're you you know you've you've lived in Seattle. I have lived in Spokane, Washington. Oh yes, yes. On the other or side, or the of Midwest, the as I like to call it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and like I had a uh, I had an apartment in spokane washington like while i was going to college like the early aughts late 90 like 99 through the early aughts sure uh my rent for one bedroom apartment in spokane washington was 340 dollars a month wow those were the days those were the and the landlord uh like came to us once and she's like you know i gotta i gotta raise the rent and we're like okay like to what She's like three fifty, mm-hmm. and we, oh, man. Right. we're like, "No, don't even worry about it. Like, no sweat." I <laughs> cannot Go afford ahead.
2: this. You're
1: like, oh man, I don't. I'm gonna have to think about that. Yeah. You're gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to weigh my options here. No,
0: wasn't even a thought. We're like, "Oh man, I I was getting nervous for a second <laughs> right. there, and it was only ten bucks a month." When I moved here, I was in a one bedroom, and our rent was like fourteen something per month. Yeah, and coming from Hawaii, like that was a steal. Yeah, right, like fourteen yeah. hundred a month covered parking, you know, secure building, uh, gym amenities, sorts of things. And then, you know, we joined like the local Facebook Manchester proper group or whatever. And someone's like, hey, so I got a one bedroom for like, you know, 1200 bucks," And he got torn to shreds. <laughs> like, how dare you rip people off and rent some apartments Not big? I'm like, huh, we're paying more than that, you know? Yeah.
1: Like, what's, you know, the, the expectation is less than 1000 for all of that? Right. Yeah the The expectations are different for different people coming from different places. Exactly, when they, when they move yeah, here. Yeah, it's very true. So, like people who've sort of grown up in the area, they're like, "Man, rents are so high; they just keep going up and up and up yeah. all the time." Because it's relative to them, right? That here, and and it's true. And even rents since I've been here have gone up. Like I moved out of that one apartment, and uh, I saw the ad for the re-rental of it. It was like 150 bucks a month more than what I was paying. So he went to 1350 or whatever after I moved out because I was on a lease or whatever, and so. Like that went up uh, and I I keep an eye on the market, real estate market, rental market, that kind of a thing. Uh, And so but to answer your question, to some extent, I've acclimated. However, uh, I only mean that in the sense that I've gotten used to the economy of New Hampshire. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it's I'm still far wealthier than I was because uh, I was able to sort of retain that level of salary. Uh, and in fact i make a little bit more now because i switched jobs right. you know in 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 the time that i've been here but i make a little bit more now and so uh, i'm used to it now but like in seattle i was poor Right. Right. I was one step away from uh, having to like become a roommate again. I had my own place, but just barely. And I was hanging on by a thread. And, you know, uh, every time like some side work came up or something, I'd have to do it because I'm like, yeah, I need the extra cash or some overtime or an extra shift on a holiday or something like that, you know? So, yeah, it was interesting. Now I could be a little pickier about stuff, you know? But Uh, now
0: when I see the $1,500 rent, I'm like, rent
1: is too darn high. Yeah, what are they? Yep. What are they
0: thinking? Like I've acclimated to the, those,
1: those prices. Yeah, definitely, uh, and they have gone up too. So now right. I'm like, oh well, now it's catching up to what it was three years ago in Seattle. But now in Seattle, you can't find a studio for like two grand. Oh, I'm you sure, you know, thereabouts. Did I tell you guys I finally got captainkickass.com? Yes.
2: Yes. And it
1: cost me like 500 bucks. Really? Yeah, maybe oh, even man. more. It might have been 600 bucks. you wow. think about it. That's still a deal. If you keep that for a lifetime. Right, come on. But don't
2: you have to re-up it every well, year?
1: Well, I have to renew the the hosting. It's like, yeah. I don't know, I, I have a deal through my provider. It's like four bucks or something. Oh, that's so, not bad. Yeah, because right. I have a bunch of URLs because I've never been able to get CaptainKickAss.com because it was taken, it, and it wasn't really even like anybody was using it for a oh, Captain KickAss purpose. That's always the worst. Like it's just there, blank. No, Squatters. It would, it would redirect yeah. to some... Like, Japanese site that looked like it was either a gambling or, like, video game site or something. And I'm like, I don't understand why they're, you know. Capiton Kikiasu. Yeah, and it was just never available. I even, once I paid my provider, I don't know, like, a 100 bucks or something to, like, go and ask if they would be willing to sell it. And they were like, nope, not willing to sell it. And I just was like, okay, well, I'm never getting CaptainKickass.com. So I've had ReverendCaptainKickAss.com. I've had LCaptainKickAss.com. I think I had... I don't have this one anymore, but I had the Reverend Captain Kickass dot com, right? They, and these are all too long, right? Yeah. Like, and the reason I got L dot com was because the Facebook page is L Captain Kickass because Facebook wouldn't let me put first name Captain, last name Kickass, right? So I had to be creative around yeah. that or whatever. And so since my Facebook is L Captain Kickass, I thought, well, that's the closest thing I'll get. I got uh, Lord Kickass dot com. Because uh, when I became a lord, I was like, "Well, okay, maybe that'll be a reasonable substitute." And I had a—I think I have a proton mail address. that's like Lord kickass It's at a lot of URLs. So yeah, I, you got to get Kickass.com because then your email could be Captain at Kickass.com. Oh, that, that,
2: awesome. that would be awesome. great. I'm surprised but, you never played around with the changing the dot .com.
1: No, because you don't want you gotta get. The yeah, I—I'm not going with like dot My net. website is dot yoga. Yeah. Well, okay, but like. There is a dot .kickass. Like, one of the suggestions was like, that would be cool. you know, Captain Kickass, .kickass. And I'm like, well, that's redundant, but maybe I could do Captain .kickass? Yeah. But uh, no, dot .com is where it's at, in my opinion. <laughs> Looks like one of the founders of Free Talk Live is sending me photos from a place that, that I've known. I it's hope it's s- Mark. I hope it's Mark. Secret
2: yeah. inside information?
1: Look at, look at that
2: oh
1: you recognize that what's the what's that structure
2: it looks like a ufo
1: yeah yeah but it's on a tripod oh space needle
2: yeah
1: yeah it's uh it's it, the most memorable thing about seattle uh i was actually buried twice as deep or something like that than it's sticking out so mm, the, i was like reminiscing a recently about a, a club that we used to play gigs at called the fun house that was across the street from the space needle park and it was a dingy, you know, metal, punk rock club. It was called, like, Zach's before it was the Fun House. And they would literally book anybody, right? Not on the weekends or whatever. But, like, if you were a, a band that had never played a gig before, they'd be like, yeah, we'll give you a Monday night or whatever. Book your own show and, you know, we'll give you the cover, you know, charge five bucks, whatever, you know, and that's what you get. And, like, they were, like, that venue. Like, anybody could come and play. They'd do national touring acts they do local acts they do punk they do metal they do indie stuff they do off the wall bizarre avant-garde stuff that you're just like what have i wandered into (laughs) you know what i mean seattle was my first choice
0: financial aid package wasn't there
1: yeah 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 Uh, i went there in what was it the late mid 90s 96 i believe when i moved there and so i was at the tail end of what they call the grunge era and so I, I sort of missed out on the boom. But the music scene there was still top notch. Oh, I'm sure. Still top notch. Uh, the, it's so big that just the metal musicians alone formed their own. Uh, they had a website that was called Seattle Metal Online, uh, SMO.com. Dot com. Yeah, it was dot com. And like Lame. They would have meetings and stuff, and like they would invite bands to play at the meeting. So they'd have a meeting about like, hey, you <laughs> oh know, uh, we're trying to you know get metal bands into this venue, and this venue said they're opening have up live to metal. Music there, and then when it was all, and they'd host these meetings at a bar, of course, right? Of and course. so that when the meeting was over, then it was time to drink and listen to some metal. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> nice. And so you kind of like if you went to all the meetings, and the meetings were usually on like you know matinee style like midday on a Sunday like you know three in the afternoon or something like that so like if you had a gig the Just night before, before happy hour yeah so if you had a gig the night before you could still be hung over and make it to the meeting or whatever but if you went to all the meetings you actually got to see most of the local metal bands unsigned ones anyway cycle nice. through and play the meetings and it was pretty cool so there there's this little sort of family unit of metal bands that I was part of and it was pretty cool. We were talking about this article from Reason about the Seattle public school teachers are on strike because their six-figure salary isn't good enough. <laughs> the subheadline here is after a whole year of covid related learning loss, kids are now losing out on even more instructional time thanks to the Seattle Teachers Union. Good. Good. This is so ridiculous. Enough of that
0: disinformation and misinformation coming out of the public school system. Right.
1: Uh, The school year didn't start yesterday as planned. Uh, I guess when was this written? This was 9-8. For Seattle public school students who have gotten an impromptu extension of their summer vacation due to striking teachers. And they don't mean that the teachers look particularly good. They're not striking teachers. They're... Teachers on strike. Do they hit the kids like that? Michigan school <laughs> it Michigan that reallowed that. It'd be funny if, like, thanks to them striking the teachers, right, the students like rose up in a violent rebellion against teachers. I didn't
2: know this was a Catholic school.
1: <laughs> well, not yet. It's not. Uh, anyway, the Seattle Education Association, which has the worst acronym, SEA. All right, like C, C. All right, yeah. began its strike on September seventh, demanding higher teacher-to-student ratios, particularly in special needs and multilingual classrooms, laptops for teaching assistants, and naturally, higher pay. Yeah, of course. The union notes on its website that ninety-three percent of its members are working more than our assigned or contract hours, while a quarter of its members log an additional ten hours per week. Meanwhile, the cost of living in Seattle is skyrocketing. We talked about that in yeah. what, hour number one. So part of it doesn't seem all that
0: unfair if the if the cost of living is going up, right? And it already takes a lot to live in Seattle, which we've established. Yeah, that a six figure income in Seattle may not but leave there... you all that much disposable income.
1: Well, uh, so. I. There are so many people in the Seattle area making way less than six figures. Now, I'm sure there's some teaching professionals who are listening, going, "I would kill to make a hundred grand a year at, at, Especially where they're do, are living, doing this job wherever they're living or whatever." And there are ways to make it happen. And yes, a hundred grand a year is a lot of money. Uh, particularly for the teaching profession I believe and yeah. I would love nothing more than to see public schools just crumble and, and dissolve and go away and never return I think that if these teachers are having such a hard time you know making it making ends meet on 100 grand a year in their area they have options they can quit their job and become a micro school. Okay. Right. And start, you know, pimping their own stuff. Right. Oh, you want your teacher to student ratio to be, you know, 12 kids. All right. Well, do the math, figure out what you're going to charge per kid and then be like, hey, you want to take your kids out of uh, public school? You know, come over to, you know, Mrs. Smith's uh, micro school. Right. And start teaching out of her home or whatever. That kind of a thing. The irony
0: with that is, is if the school teachers all did
1: that. Right. The only way to
0: fill those now vacant positions is to pay people more to fill them. Right, so the next the, the teachers who quit don't get the raise, but the next people in line necessarily do. Otherwise, the jobs stay well, vacant. If
1: right, if the public school structure stays intact, right. I'm talking about yeah. you know like uh, everybody should get out. I think it's bad for the kids to be in public education. Oh, absolutely. I, it 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 probably is child abuse by definition to have your children you know wards of the state for what eight hours a day, seven eight hours a day, five That's days literally a week. A prison. You know, it they do treat it just like a prison. If you've ever seen any footage of like these minimum security prisons, you're like, Well, that's that's just like school. <laughs> right? And they have a cafeteria, even, they, and they have a playground, have you know, they, yeah, they let they let these guys out for recess and stuff like that. It's, it's like it's what just the like jail. Yeah.
2: And I, I don't know if I don't know how it is other places in the world or in the country, but at least around here, the schools in prisons look exactly the same. They have the same bricks, the same paint, the same Mm -hmm. ceilings, the same floors.
1: The same truck that delivers the crappy food they prepare for lunches.
2: It's just hard for me to feel bad for them when they're essentially on welfare. Got it. So it's like, okay, I mean, I know they're working, but get a different job.
1: Well, and like the indoctrination is so thick that they do believe... That they are an important part of these children's lives. and Well, yeah, you know, they're, that, they're like, creating you know, the
2: future generations are molding and brainwashing them. And, and... And, yeah,
1: and like, it's just, it's hard for me to deal with. Uh, I've, I've met teachers. Um, I, I dated a girl who was a teacher and like, back in the day before I was awake, if you will. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, that's a noble profession. You know, you're trying to help out the kids. You know, I'm like, oh, you know. Now I'm like, oh, I better run. You're an agent of the state. You know what I mean? So like my my mind has been changed in like almost 180 degree fashion. Uh, public employee salaries, it turns out, are searchable in the state of Washington, and some 40 percent of Seattle public schools' full time teachers actually make more than a hundred grand per year, according to 2020-2021. Salary data, so the years 2020 through 2021. Okay, would, that was a lot of 20s. Yeah, 2020, 2021. 20, 20, 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 20,
2: I would love to see a chart or some sort of graph. data, a graph, yeah. if you will, of what other professions are making in the Seattle area. Like, I want to know yeah. where they fall.
0: I'm sure if you jumped on Indeed, Indeed usually has, like, salary
1: data. Well, according to the data supplied by the Center Square... Uh, the pay scale for Seattle Public School teachers, which depends on tenure and educational attainment, ranges from roughly sixty thousand to 123000 uh, hundred and twenty three almost one hundred twenty four thousand annually for seven and a half hour work days thirty seven and a half hour work weeks and shorter working year than people in the private sector typically endure you mentioned the you know summers yeah. off that kind of a thing that's not including pension benefits, which can be quite generous depending on the number of years the teachers log in the system. It's unclear what about these wages aren't, quote, respectful, unquote, but they are nevertheless one of the major sticking points emphasized repeatedly in materials the union has provided on the strike that is preventing some 50,000 students and families from starting the school year.
2: I did some research here. The average home in Seattle is... Over $900,000, and I looked up a couple of professions, so I started with nursing.
1: I was low. I was like, it's over half a million. Wow. Well, it's definitely that, over half a million. Yeah, it's, it's closer, closer to, to one, yeah. but it's gone up, Yeah, which
0: means your mortgage payment is probably closer to four, or $5,000 at that point. Yeah.
2: And then I also looked up nursing, so nurses make it, I got different information, but I found $75 an hour for an RN. One hundred $150,000. And yeah. um, $99,000 a year.
1: So a nurse. So
2: different things. Those are two completely different so between numbers. Between 100 and but
1: 150 for yeah. a, a nurse. Yeah, which is a lot.
0: A nurse barely qualifies for the average house in Seattle. Yep.
2: It's just so insane to me because I'm thinking about what nurses make over here, yeah. and it's like, wow, that's yeah. so much. But when I, you can't even afford to buy a house, yeah. right? Why do people live there? It's crazy. I got it. I can't even like fathom it. It
1: it it's is the crazy, weather. and as soon as so, uh, in my. I don't, I I keep referring to it as my coming out of the fog of statism, right? My uh, awakening, my uh, unbrainwashing, if you will. Uh, In that process, I discovered a term called arbitrage, right? And this was because I was looking into cryptocurrency and trading and stuff like that. And like you can trade uh, arbitrage from one exchange to another. Right. right. When it comes to cri- or anything, really, if you're any kind, if you're doing stock trading, you can do arbitrage. And it's kind of what you were doing when you moved here by getting Seattle pay. That's exactly what yeah. I was doing. So because I discovered what arbitrage was uh, and I was actually putting it into play, doing some buy and sell on eBay. Right. I would be able to go and buy a product for one price and then turn around and sell it for a higher price and extract the profit from it. Right. Yeah. And that's arbitrage. That's how
0: my buddy told me to start a business.
1: Right. Right. Uh, And so I was like, well, how can I apply that to other things? And then, of course, I'd been listening to Free Talk Live for way too long, uh, a decade or something like that before I actually made the move. And I was like, hey, if I'm able to keep my, uh, albeit low for the area, Seattle salary, but move to a lower cost of living area in New Hampshire, that to me is a net raise. And I went from poor to like middle class some 50,000 students as they 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 say are are oh, they being left out in the cold it's like no they're not that's like the normal state of childhood isn't necessarily to you know be thrown into a an institution run by governments that's <laughs> like oh they're being returned to their natural habitat which is with their parents
2: well the parents don't like that
1: Well, if they're working, yeah, I mean, I understand that the government has put them in a position to where, like, you actually now need to do two jobs in a place like Seattle in order to get by as a family.
0: It's also a little insidious on, you know, I'm going to say the state, but I know it's all the state. Yeah. Like, whoever the teachers are negotiating against. Yeah. To, like, throw out the it's for the kids. Right. Like, you should get paid way less for the kids. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if you really cared about their education, you would work for thirty thousand dollars a year because you cared that much. It's like, well,
2: that's not really how it works.
0: (laughs) Right. But that's 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 how they portray it, though. Right. Oh, you go on strike, you know, not to get what's fair or what's what's owed to you or what you believe you deserve for pay. Right. That's why you collectively bargain and join the unions to begin with. You get a little bit of bump in that to offset the union dues. And then they come back and like, well, you don't really care about the kids. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I don't. It could just be a job, and I want to get paid what I believe I'm worth for it.
1: Well, and of course, where does the money to pay teachers' salaries come from? Yeah, we can have that discussion. Well, taxation, taxation, and yeah. and, and and theft. Well, I mean, there's, <laughs> in order to for politicians to be able to say that they did not raise taxes, but yet gave teachers more money, they will do things like. Start another lottery program, which could be construed as a tax, depending on how you want to look at it, because...
2: That's voluntary.
1: Yeah. It's probably the least insidious way to raise money. It's more voluntary than, well, straight up taxation, for sure.
0: But I don't have to participate in the lottery. That's true. That's true. So if government funding was only lottery-based, we would all be far better off.
1: By a long shot. That's a great idea.
2: I was just about to say, that is a great idea.
1: You're welcome. Yeah, it's a great idea. Abolish taxation, and if government needs funding, they can just do more. Mega orders.
2: millions.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I think our work here is done. I was right. <laughs> that we We have it. more to show to do. We're only an hour one of five. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> or two Who of knows? four. Or three of seven.
3: I remember uh, there was some real controversy around here uh, the other year. Uh, whether teachers should be allowed to go on strike or not. And I said, I thought that uh, when they allowed the school children to go on strike, maybe then I would be willing to let the teachers go on strike. Till then, forget it.
1: And That's an interesting perspective.
0: I think everyone should be allowed to go on strike. I don't know why, the you know, if you're going to have security services or fire services or emergency services, Right. They, that's that job should be voluntary as well.
3: Yeah, right. And it is kind of well, crazy. That... Voluntary. I mean, you don't have to go work that, take that job in the first place.
0: You don't. Right. But when it's time to negotiate my pay because of the inflation or cost of living increases, right, and the company goes like, "Well, you're not allowed. We don't have to pay you more, and you're not allowed to quit, right, or demonstrate in some way to to get a bump in pay for what again, cost of living or whatever." That also seems unfair,
2: well, and it also there is unfair that free, kids free don't
1: are.
2: kids are essentially forced to go to school yeah. if they yeah. don't go to school they people the school will call d c f on their parents yep. they get put into foster care for not going to school. I mean, I heard uh-huh. stories during the pandemic when everything was online. a yep. lot of kids were falling behind yep that's that's difficult for f- young kids
3: to be fair teachers I believe teachers don't really get three months off a year. They have to do certain work uh, before the school the school year actually starts. For sure,
0: and summer school gets taught some places, so not Mm -hmm. everyone gets the full.
3: Well, and I'm sure they got
2: paid extra for that, though. Maybe. Well, maybe they did. I don't know. It might
0: be in the contract that you got to work yeah. so
1: many so many yeah. weeks of summer school. I've never been at a job that was uh, – I have had one union job in my life, and it was horrible. Uh, but I was never a part of a job where, like, anybody went on strike for anything. Uh, and to me, I think that if I have a problem with my employer, I'm going to address it with my employer if they don't resolve it to my satisfaction. Uh, I have skills and confidence enough to that I'm an employable dude
0: i'm okay with collective bargaining what i would stand against is government enforced unionizing right Right. like if you go on strike management or the company or the owner should also have the right to fire you on the spot and replace you with absolutely pay three times the rate for whomever like that that is all fair um And I think a lot of it gets convoluted in the fact that most unions are backed by the government, and so people are anti-union when they're really just anti-government enforcement. Have
1: you seen the government uh, sub-organizations that are also unionized? Uh, Probably, but be more specific. Well, uh, the biggest one, the policeman's union? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, There's a fireman's union. There's like... I've seen and those are the ones that are a lot of times not allowed to strike, well,
2: and they all have unions, right no, you know not if you're if well if you deliver mail, there's like a post office union the postal and, workers union. you're right yeah. But
1: yeah. I'm thinking like I saw once there was like a parks department union, I'm okay. like really, like yeah, uh, people who mow lawns and you know otherwise maintain you know the merry go round at your local park or whatever. Well, in a
2: lot of them, you have to, even if you're, you know, if you work that job, you have to be part of the union. Right. They essentially force you to join the union. It's like, I don't need this union. I don't want to pay you $5 or $30 or however much it is for my yearly fee.
0: Right. And the government enforcement prevents you as an individual from negotiating with that company without going through the union. Yeah. So you can't even get the job, you know, without being a part of that organization. Yeah. And I'm against that, too, because
1: non-voluntary. Uh so if we were talking about the teachers, uh I think we should talk a little bit about some students. Sure. And this is out of fox59.com. More than 100 students baptized. What? Without parents permission.
2: That's weird. At
1: a North Carolina school.
2: That's weird.
0: It's okay. It's weird. It's absolutely weird. Yeah. But if you're not religious, who cares?
2: Okay, yeah, I, I actually... Okay, like, oh I no, they
0: dunked my kid and head in some water. <laughs> but I think and like, goes, that's as far as it goes. But
2: it goes beyond that. So say if you have a different religion, that'd okay. be pretty messed up. Or say if you just don't want your child to have that experience or have that indoctrination of got it. those yep. religious yeah. practices. I mean, it's, But they
0: didn't really get baptized, just got dunked in some water.
1: This side of Fayetteville, North Carolina, a North Carolina school apologized... After baptizing more than 100 children without their parents' permission, according to the Fayetteville Observer. And then went to confession and had their sins absolved. Well, this, yeah, there's a lot about this that bothers me, but it's mostly because of the religious yeah, overtones get it. to it, right? I mean, or the situation.
2: And I don't even mind that a school is performing baptisms, I, that actually really doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is the fact that there wasn't even, like, a permission slip. Like, if your kid goes on a right. field trip, you have to sign off on it.
1: And then, okay. and send in a fee. and Yeah, yeah right, but... Here's your five bucks, and I'll sign your permission slip. Or at least the kid has to forge their parents' signature first, yeah. right? You know? Use the cash that grandma gave them at Christmas or whatever. Yeah, know. but you
2: can baptize them without done any like consent that. from the parents. It just doesn't...
1: But that's if the they part.
0: Were, If they were yeah. Jewish at home, the getting dunked in the water doesn't automatically make them Catholic. Uh, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: it just means they're not going to go to hell now.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Lucky the school took advantage then. Yeah. Northwood Temple Academy, a private Christian school in Fayetteville.
2: Okay, well.
1: Posted on Facebook on Thursday. I feel it in my bones. You're about to move. Today, we had over 100 middle and high school students spontaneously declare their faith and get baptized today. We will have more pictures of these powerful moments posted over the next couple of days. What if they offered extra credit for getting baptized? We are not afraid to make facsimiles of our hosts, so as evidenced (laughs) by facsimile Mark, (laughs) who's still hanging in the studio somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. I can can see him from my chair. Yeah. Yeah. What was funny is uh, during the pork fest, uh, fork fest, pork fest, when we were doing the shows from up at uh, Rogers Campground, uh, I happened to on my phone just tune into the video uh, while I was getting some dinner in town one day, and. Because we pre-record the show sort of a bit earlier in the day and then send it uh, back here and then Ian would process it and upload it in time for that show to be broadcast later that day. Uh, the video that accompanies those. Was just the same cameras that we have here over at uh, video.freetalklive.com. dot com, but he had taped a facsimile of each of the hosts to the back of each of the chairs. So nice. there was facsimile yeah. whomever were the the hosts that day. And it's I was pretty like, great. I was like, that's pretty funny. I'm really not going like to lie.
2: That. You know, a little a little annoyed that I didn't get one, but you, know,
1: you didn't get one.
2: I don't think so. Uh, I might have. Did you so. participate
0: in any of the free talks? Or at the uh, Porkfest, Forkfest shows? Yeah, a couple. Okay.
2: Well, I believe so, yes. Yeah. yes.
1: So, well, Definitely
2: well. Forkfest. Porkfest is a little crazy. A little sketchy. But, yeah, a little <laughs> sketchy. A little busy.
1: If uh, you
0: remember Porkfest. Uh, what?
2: Now that I know that it's a Christian school, I kind of don't feel... like It's not as surprising to me anymore.
0: It's still underhanded because not only Christians I mean, go still, to Christian school.
2: And it's still not... Right. It's not a correct thing to do why? by any means, but I'm just less surprised. Why? Because it's a Christian school. I mean, so if it was a regular public school, yeah. then it's like there is no. If it was a public religion. school, it would be, you'd
1: be like, why are you baptizing kids? It's not something a public school is supposed to do. Yeah, that
2: was my original shock.
1: But you should have the same question for a Christian school. Right. Why? Yeah. Why are well, you baptizing
2: kids? So I understand why they're baptizing kids because it is a Christian school, but just the consent part is what is still so, not sitting with me.
0: I went to Catholic school, my basically my entire educational, curric, you know, tenure. Yeah. Um and because of that, you know, every month or however long in between there was like school attended mass. Yeah. And even the even the uh, non-religious students or other religion students like they had to attend that function. Like, you're required to sit in those pews and go to Mass with the rest of us, even if that wasn't your religion. Right. So it just, you know, it it comes with the territory, I guess, of putting your kid in a religious school, not of your denomination.
1: Well, so let's hear a little more about the story, because it gets interesting, or more interesting. Uh, That morning, which the morning in which they got baptized, three students had their scheduled baptisms at the school as part of Spiritual Emphasis Week. The offer was then extended to other students who had not been scheduled. So peer pressured. More than 100 students in total were baptized. Renee McLam, the head of the school, sent families a letter to explain. The spirit of the Lord moved. And this is a quote from the letter. The spirit of the Lord moved and the invitation to accept the Lord and be baptized was given. And the students just began to respond to the presence of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. They had the Holy Spirit already.
2: She really said that.
1: Nick Lamb said in the letter, which was obtained by The Observer, that's the name of the mm, publication, The the school says it typically notifies and invites parents to be present for any baptisms that happen on campus and, quote, it was not the intention of any faculty member to do anything behind a parent's back or in any kind of secret way.
2: When in doubt, blame the Lord.
1: Like that's literally <laughs> what they did. They easy they, enough. They yeah. issued an apology, and they're like, "We didn't intend to do anything like without your permission, but we were
0: just so moved by the Lord in the moment." <laughs> not only that, the apologies was, "We're sorry we didn't invite you." <laughs> yeah. not that we did it. Yeah, but that it was so It's an important life event, yeah. and you weren't invited.
2: Well, because hmm? them, I mean, that's one of the most important things. If you're not baptized, you know, you're going. To the bad place. Which
0: is also weird, because I'm pretty sure I was baptized as a baby, right? Because the belief system is like, not just the bad place, but limbo. Like, if you're not baptized, you go nowhere. So you got to get baptized early. So what's taking them so long?
2: Well, there's a lot of born again Christians, right? So some people who haven't, okay didn't grow up that way. And then as an adult, they find the Lord and they get moved by the spirit of the Lord.
1: He was behind the couch the whole time.
0: But all these they un- found the
1: Lord <laughs>
2: <laughs> under the couch cushion, right next to the penny I was looking for.
0: All these unbaptized kids, what happens if there's a school shooting? Where are they going to end up?
2: Limbo.
1: Limbo, exactly. So you gotta baptize
0: them in preparation for what's
1: to come. Yep. Uh the person in charge of the school whose name is McLamb. Sounds like a uh a like McDonald's. A fake ID. No, okay. it sounds like a like a new <laughs> <Nick> sandwich. <Luffin. laughs> Sounds like a new sandwich made out of lamb at McDonald's, right? Like the McRib. Oh, I love the McRib. Now it's the McLamb. That's my favorite. It's spelled M-C-L-A-M-B, right? Capital L, right? Uh, McLamb told the paper that the school should have given students a chance to contact parents and ask permission. Quote, we were not expecting such an overwhelming response to the message that was spoken, but as a mother, I certainly can empathize with why some parents were upset, she said. McLam said that most of the parents that contacted her were glad, but some were unhappy with the move. Yeah.
2: I mean, if they were glad, why wouldn't they have their kids baptized in the first place? Why
1: would they have contacted you if they were glad? Yeah, Thank there's that, this. too. Yeah. We had a plan for the summer, but you know what? Get taken care of right away. <laughs> some of the children had already been baptized, and at least one family was concerned that a second baptism could undo the first. <laughs> Is that I, how that works?
2: It's not how that works. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Do two baptisms cancel each other? Is that the
0: easiest way to get divorced? Just like renew your vows?
1: <laughs> right. No, just marry another person and oh. then you're... Uh, no, okay. Wait, no. Marry the same person and then you're divorced? Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's basically yeah, renew the renewal of the vows.
2: Oh. It's like the TV when it's being all staticky and you give it a nice slap to the side. The Fonzie. That's what it's like. Yeah, yeah. the, the <laughs>
1: We talked about the teachers. We talked about some kids. Well, let's talk about Candace Owens, 32. Why not? Says Tennessee Hospital threatened to call child services and stopped her from leaving until her newborn underwent unnecessary blood tests as she accuses hospital mafia of inflating her insurance bill. This
2: is standard practice in, in the hospitals, by the way.
1: W- what is?
2: Drawing blood and then threatening to call Child Protective Services, when parents try to deny it.
1: Why is that standard practice?
2: I don't know. Ask them. It shouldn't be, but it is. To inflate the
1: insurance bill. (laughs)
2: Yeah, there you (laughs) go.
1: It sounds improper. It is. It sounds very much like uh, strong-arming. It's one of the reasons to
0: go to a midwife who does midwifery, or a doula, or something, to avoid that situation entirely, if at all possible.
1: Wait. A midwife and a doula combined would be a midwifula?
2: That's
1: my we'll work new on that official title. M- mid Okay. A Wifula? So when it shows up on
0: your business card, let me
1: know. <laughs> when you're ready for that level of commitment for your W-Wafula. title. Wifula.com. W-I-F-U-L-A. wifula,
2: Midula.
1: The bullet points here are Candace Owens slammed staff at St. Thomas Hospital in Nashville. I assume verbally while recounting 24 hours of torture <laughs> it would be funnier if she actually went around like violently beating people yeah. <laughs> you know she slammed the staff like, that would have been a better a...
2: headline from,
0: from the freedom and liberty perspective right if you can't if you have to go to the hospital it's yeah. very difficult to get out of there without signing up government documents and getting number a birth certificate and all the other stuff yes because they they just force it upon you yes. and again make threats if you try to
2: it's well, what, and it's just standard practice, right? So if you, some of the things, like they put antibiotics in the eyes, they do vaccinations, they automatically do the birth certificate. Right. Those things, as a parent, you are not given an option. Hey, do you want to do this? Right. No, they do it automatically. Right. You cool. have to go out of your way to say, I do yeah. not want you to do this. Yeah, you have to if,
1: know that you can yeah. say no. And then you also have to very uh, assert yourself in a very um, stern fashion.
2: And sometimes they do it before you even get a chance to. So if you didn't want to vaccinate your kid, too bad. You can't undo that.
1: Owens, apparently, who married British Oxford grad George Farmer in 2019, further accuses staffers of engaging in a concerted effort to empty her wallet. Yeah. She launches her new Daily Wire podcast, on Monday, where she will detail the sh- oh, it's promotion, where she will detail the shocking incident, which she said led to uh, led her to investigate medical and insurance industry corruption. Okay, cool. I guess.
0: Well, I mean, she can do the investigation, but it's it seems pretty clear, right, with the government involvement into oh, the medical
1: field. Hell yes. I mean, if the government wasn't involved in every level of medical anything and uh, like i worked for a medical technology company for a period of time and i gotta tell you man it was far different than working for any other tech company oh i'm sure particularly in the seattle area like most tech companies are are nimble they move quick they have to right they got to be competitive they're you know bootstrapping or they're otherwise uh, venture capital funded and so you got to move quickly right and sometimes you take on a hat that's not your hat because the job just needs to be done so I go to work for this medical uh, technology company, and I notice, like, something wrong, uh, something a typo on their website, right, under one of their products. And it's, like, something that might could get them sued, right, you know, because it's that wrong. And it's just, it's a typo is all it is, right? Yeah. And so I had to fill out, like, three different forms, right? I, those had to be then presented to a committee that meets only once per month, and then the committee decides before the meeting every month what topics they are going to actually talk about during the meeting. And so, of course, my topic didn't get brought up the entire time. And like I eventually quit and went to work for, well, a regular tech company yep. because I was like, no, you guys move way too slow. And if something as simple as fixing a typo takes a committee, right and this is all due to government regulation. Right. I found out later on that the yeah. whole reason that the, that this is set up the way it is is because the government says you have to operate in this particular fashion.
0: Well, and the government involvement basically also spurred an entire job title yeah. industry. Right, also, There were commercials a long time ago for like the medical code billing specialist. Or oh, whatever. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It's because you got to code. Like you can't just like send a bill for what the doctor did. It has to be coded properly yep. and aligned with the insurance, so it goes there, and they pay the correct amount for the correct code and all that other nonsense.
1: Right. Medical coding, TV repair, right? <laughs> Is yeah, the, yeah, The List of stuff that you could go to school for.
4: Y'all were talking about your titles and you know what they meant to you and you know Richie Rich and Captain and all that. What does yours mean? First time, That's
0: I a major in, pain.
4: Oh. Huh. what? Go
0: no, ahead. he's asking about your title. Go ahead, major.
4: The first time I called into the show and announced myself as of my other yep. God given name as major pain, the screener asked me, well, why do you call yourself that? And I says, because I have endured and intend to give back said same.
1: <laughs> All right. What's on your mind tonight?
4: Well, there's a lot of things. Um, you, I know you were just trying to be funny earlier when you're talking about drowning the babies. But I know Nikki will back me up on this one. An infant is born in a water environment. If you take a newborn or probably up to five, about about three months old and throw them in the pool, They they will swim.
1: Yeah. That used to be, isn't that the, uh, I saw it in a movie once where like, uh, uh, a child was born to like uh, a samurai or something you know, in Japan, and uh, they take the baby and they chuck it in the water, and if it dies, well, it dies. But if it lives, then you know it can be trained <laughs> like, as a samurai warrior. Okay? Right, it's like yeah. the
2: witchcraft thing. They're yeah. like, we're going to tie these cinder blocks to your feet, and if you drown, then you sorry, a witch. you're right. innocent. Yeah. But if you don't...
0: I have seen yeah. videos of babies being taught to swim. No, uh, like, in fact, from falling into a
1: pool. Uh, That HBO series that we screened, uh, The Anarchists, they there was a scene where they showed a lady uh, in an apparatus. It looked like a large uh, or a small swimming pool, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the the idea there, major, was that you know she does indeed give birth in water. This is apparently very common, as, yeah. as Nikki had pointed it out. It is,
2: and it's funny because a lot of parents will be like, "But aren't they going to drown when they come out?" And it's like, "But you have to remember, they were." Literally in water inside of you for their entire existence. Yeah. So no, they're not. They don't take a breath until they hit the air.
0: That's so, what, that's well, what well, I was going to. Well. It's got to change. Like when they start breathing air, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not like babies are infinitely like no, undrownable. they <laughs> They can Jesus. drown
2: after that. So and that's a, another thing we have to tell. It's a very narrow window. Once you take them up and put them on your chest. They cannot go back in the water, you know, because <laughs> then you'll is, drown them. There is possibility to drown them at that point. You so don't do that. You
1: can't just baptize them right there.
2: You, you can, but just quick. Oh, okay. That'd be pretty funny to baptize them in the, the bloody up. birth pool. Oh, my gosh.
4: All of what we see in the news these days, it seems abnormal for those of us who were alive and knew the world before the mid 1990s.
0: hmm. I was alive. Can't say I knew days. the world.
4: Well, (laughs) uh, well, the the 90s 90s were a big break point for us. The 90s and the early 2000s were a big break point. A lot changed in the world. And those who have grown up since then have known the world in turmoil. Right. Um, But it wasn't always this way. And a lot of this is being driven um, by what's called the global human development plan for the 21st century i've had a lot of unique jobs in my life okay one of them gave me a chance to work for christine lagarde do any of you are any of you familiar with that name
1: no i am not
4: well she's a french politician who at one time ran the imf and uh, i think she she now runs the european central bank
0: also, okay I also don't know if I want to agree with the fact that the world was
1: not in turmoil in the '90s. Like, uh, well, not. I,
4: I feel not, not like in the way that it is today.
1: Yeah, I feel like he, like I can identify with what he's saying, but I don't know if I was just less aware because we didn't have technology, we didn't have the magic rectangles yeah. we carry on in our pockets with the ability to communicate. Like, like we went through periods of time where, like, if you didn't know a thing, you just had to wonder. <laughs> or you asked your aunt and then repeated the wrong thing for 20 years. Right, until, you know, Uncle Dave was like, no, your aunt was wrong the whole time or whatever. Or you looked it up in an encyclopedia when you could finally get to a library that was big enough yeah. that had, a, you know, the newest edition.
0: But I guess we know we know now, right, that the CIA has been interfering in foreign governments and meddling since at least the 50s. Yes. Right. So well, like,
4: that's what they were founded to do. Uh, understood.
0: But I, that, that means there was turmoil... From at least the '50s on, and then before that, you had like the World Wars, right? So, I mean, it's hard for me to believe like the '90s was this special period of time where the world was finally at peace, as brief as it
4: was. No, 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 no. Let Let, let me continue in in after after Reagan passed away or moved on, mm-hmm. we had uh, George Bush who began to talk to us about the New World Order. When you go to, uh, you know, John's Construction Company, and you have to go through HR. HR's main focus is diversity. I don't know how that helps them build houses.
1: Right, right. Doesn't. Uh,
4: but, but diversity is is the focus. Uh, if you go to uh, if you go to any of these uh, any company's website now, you'll find that they have. Um, a focus on diversity
1: well and we know because the many, we, know, we know that the great ron burgundy uh, defined diversity as an old wooden ship
0: well and also they're just they're trying to stay ahead of on the marketing right no anchorman
1: fans in the audience apparently
2: i thought it was uh, funny i got it right.
1: right. i love the second one right. <laughs> the second one is underrated yeah anyway go ahead well i am saying well, the is the
4: interesting thing uh, is We've, we've got these upheavals in culture around the world. And we've got this mass movement of, of populations, and we've got a, a group of politicians. Wait, what mass movement here, of populations? in Europe and elsewhere. Wait,
1: wait, wait. What mass movement of populations?
4: Well, I'll give you one example. Look at our open border.
1: The immigrants. But I
2: mean, is there an open
4: border, though? I mean,
1: people have been moving around the globe since people have been people you know uh,
4: but not at the rate but not at the rate they've been doing it in the last 10 years
1: the
0: mexicans coming over the southern border the somali population rising in maine
1: well and we've done it's anarchy we've done stories about uh, you know since uh, the inflation uh, and all of that kind of thing that actually, uh, for the first time in U.S. history, more people have been leaving for Mexico than have been coming in. So I'm sure, yeah. And <laughs> Mexico doesn't want them. Yeah, and so, like, I, I'm not certain. Like, maybe since mankind has begun measuring it, but, I mean, it, people, just like anything else on planet Earth, work in cycles, so maybe it's just a, a cycle that we're going through.
3: Here in Albuquerque, we have a, a city-funded a bicycle clinic, I'm against it. So,
1: what, where sick so bicycles then, go to get free health care?
3: That's right. They, they help you fix the bike. Because uh, what it is is that, um, you know, bicycle is like the only means of transportation for people that don't have money. And they're finding this out, so they become like, uh, if their bicycles go down, I mean, they can't really hardly do nothing.
0: For people with no money so, and no feet.
3: Well, can't but, walk anywhere.
2: Well, it's kind of hard to bicycle without feet. You can do just... it with nubs.
0: <laughs> they got those special pedals oh. for the all right. nubs. All right. Let, let, all go right. ahead, Sarah.
3: So, so, I mean, I could understand, like, I'd never bother. I wanted to have a bicycle, but i never bother because all of the maintenance. You know what I mean. So uh, that was my issue.
1: Bicycles are so, relatively low maintenance. I mean, some of them can get rather complex if you get like a twenty-seven speed and it's got like seven derailleurs and three chains. And
2: or the motorized bicycles. Those I, ones are real. fun. I am
1: a fan of the e-bikes. I really, I yeah. want to get one because I also want to get a solar panel for you know uh, post-apocalypse prep yeah. purposes. Right. I don't want to be without some sort of transportation because I'm getting old. Right.
0: What would What would happen? If you set up your e-bike to a generator, and then just let it pedal to power the generator for your house.
3: Oh, well, they already have those. Yeah, I was going to say these
1: things have been done. Where like uh, you, you know, if your kids are watching too much TV, uh, it's set up to like an exercise bike, and like the TV won't turn on unless somebody's on the bike. But this is an electric bike.
3: Well, they've already had those uh, in Europe. I think they have a shop in Santa Fe. So the generator, the coil, the steel coil of the magnet going through is where the water bottle goes to, and the ma- uh, and the battery is in the back. And then you only have to pedal for the first uh, 15 miles to have the electricity built up in the battery. And after that, it just goes on itself. It's a matter of... Like, the first so, 15
0: um, miles? You just got to pedal right, for 15 so, miles, and then... That's my entire yeah, commute. To, it's kind of far. It seems far. Pedestrians share the sidewalk with bikes because even you in the case of a catastrophic accident, it's less likely to end in death than bike versus car.
2: What about motorcycles?
3: You know, that's the they can be on the
0: road because they can keep
1: up with traffic.
3: That is the case here in Albuquerque. There are no bicycle paths at all, no space for bikes. So that
1: you don't have separate bike lanes bike. in the city of Albuquerque? Some cities do. Well,
3: Well, sometimes they do, and then they they appear, they disappear, they appear again, disappear any way they want. So the only way to ride a bike is safely is on the sidewalk, and hopefully that you don't run over people. Even in
0: absence of a bike bike lane, though, the bike is supposed to be on the road with the cars. Right. right? The bike lane is a courtesy provided by the state to try to make it safer. But if you don't have a bike lane, like in in most places, bikes are entitled to the entire lane that they're riding in. Right. As dangerous as that is, and
1: the reason for that classification is because technically bikes are vehicles. That's I don't that care. Classification. And there's
2: no motor though. I mean, they, they can't keep up with traffic.
1: Well, no, of course not. we where, where the where's the uprising from the
0: skateboarders then going like oh this is also foot powered vehicle and I'm entitled to the whole lane myself
1: too. It's uh, uh less mm, less cool for skateboarders to organize politically sure. than it is for bicyclists. Hey Sarah, do does Albuquerque require you to wear the bicycle helmet when you bicycle around?
3: Well, I I do not know, but our bicycle group don't do much. They don't uh, lobby for red light cameras. All they do is stick up signs.
1: I know that this huge influx of electric cars right now, you know, and that seems to be the way of the future, or so a lot of people think, but I don't necessarily agree with that. I was just kind of wondering your guys' opinion on that.
2: I hate electric cars, and I'm very vocal about my dislike of electric cars. I think it's... They're kind of marketed as this environmentally friendly thing, even though they're really not because lithium mining is terrible for the environment. And we're seeing in California right now where there was a big push. Everything needs to be electric. We can't use any fossil fuels. You can't use anything like that. And their power grid literally cannot support the amount of electric vehicles and other you know things that are being run They've on electricity. They've got 13 years
0: to figure that out, though. 2035 yeah. they'll, they'll have to figure out by then um for for me i don't i don't mind electric cars like i don't care
1: yeah
0: um what i don't like is government subsidizing the production and sale of electric cars right right because one thing sure. one thing that'll happen naturally over the course of some level of history right is if electric cars are more efficient better for the environment all yeah. the good things that they're promoting they will naturally overtake uh gas-powered vehicles and your you know internal combustion engine cars
2: yeah you don't need right. that force
0: you don't need the force and if and if they're not going to overtake uh internal combustion cars right then it's a whole bunch of wasted money and effort in something way too inefficient uh, to happen right now
1: yeah i i like the idea of electric vehicles uh, i like e-bikes more so than electric cars but you know i see where hybrids you know they seem like a good idea you know yeah. you have dual fuel right so if you don't have one you got the other i kind of like that idea but i'm with you richie rich on the i don't like the government's involvement at all they should stay out of innovation they have no business being involved in any of that they don't put any money or personal effort into innovation so they need to stay out of it so that people can get on with inventing new and better things in my opinion part of the
0: part of the mandela effect a long time ago i remember this commercial very vividly Okay, and I don't remember the brand. I think it was BMW, mm-hmm. and they ran a commercial for hydrogen-powered vehicles, right? And they said at the time, right, like the world isn't ready for this yet, but when they are, we'll be at the forefront.